0: Hello and welcome to the Wonder Women series of the Maker Mom podcast. My name is Katie Freeman and I am your host. Every week I bring you two episodes of a fabulous female and non-binary makers of all kinds. Some of them moms, some of them not. Um, This week's guest is a couple guest and it is Britt and Shannon of Britt Builds. I've been following Britt builds for a while now, and I really enjoy seeing what Britt and Shannon are up to in the shop, what they're uh, making, and it was really great to get to chat with them and find out, you know, and hear about their journey into making, and uh, journey into making as a couple, especially. So I think you will definitely enjoy this interview. But before we hop on into it, I want to give a big shout out and. Thank you to the patrons over on Patreon. So, thank you so much, Lauren of Rasp File Designs, Sven Dwarf Sized Workshop, Rachel uh, Moody of Moody Makes, Bonnie Tool Mom Bonnie Tool Mom Store.com, Laura Oakley Soap Company, Mary Lou Made by Mary Lou, Amy Bison Valley Carving, Dan and Kelly Reclaim Living Store. Brandy, Studio, Obey, Kathy, One Girl and Her Tools, Ellen, Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. I thank you all so very much for supporting the podcast on an ongoing and regular basis. It helps uh, make two episodes a week possible. So thank you very, very much. All right, with no further ado, this is Britt and Shannon of Britt Builds. Well, ladies, I have guests of the podcast do their own introductions. So I am going to let you tell everybody who you are. Sure.
1: Um, well, my name is Britt and I'm Shannon. We're from Vancouver, BC. We are a married maker couple. Um, we are full time business women in the corporate world, but we spend all of our spare time either in the workshop or playing hockey. <laughs> Um, and that's pretty much us in a nutshell.
0: All right. Um, so I'm going to probably dive into all of that, all of those aspects as we get going here. But I want to do a little bit of talking about like your childhood. Like where'd you guys grow up? You know, what kind of things were you interested in? Sure. Um, do you want me to start? Yeah, you go. Okay. So I
1: was born and raised on the West Coast of Canada. Um, I was a tomboy growing up. I liked to skateboard a lot. Um, I played a lot of ringette, which is a Canadian sport that's kind of like hockey. Um, it's mostly played by girls. Um, it's played on the ice, the same equipment, but you have like a stick and a ring instead of a hockey stick with a puck. Um, so that took up a lot of my, my childhood. But yeah, typical tomboy climbing trees, uh, building bike jumps, building skateboard
2: ramps. Um, Yeah, that that, that was me. Uh, Me, I'm born and raised on the east coast of Canada uh, in Nova Scotia. Much like Britt, I grew up playing hockey. I was in the trees um, and I too played ringette. So I always say, you know, if we would have met earlier, we would have been the best of friends. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it's just, you know, active lifestyle playing sports and mm-hmm. and I was a tomboy as well. So
0: all right. Well ring I thank you is- both for explaining what ring it is. Yes. I have no idea.
1: It's really not um a pop like it's not it's ne- not nearly as popular as hockey obviously. Um it's more rare. So then when we first met each other and it was like I
0: played ringette. you played ringette. What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was like one of our first bonding experiences.
0: Yeah. All right. Do you think, like, I mean, like a lot of the other girls that you guys played ringette with, did, like, they all go on to kind of get into playing hockey as well?
1: Yes. Yeah, it does seem to go that route, um, because you get really good at ice skating in ringette, um, Mm -hmm. and then if you transfer over to hockey, then you have the opportunity for scholarships and things like that, Mm -hmm. Um, and just more um, competition, because there's a lot more people playing hockey. So I do, a lot of people do switch over, but um, there is still Ringette at our age.
2: They, they do still play. Yeah. Okay. Only So far you can go in Ringette so people normally
0: switch over to hockey. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, what about post high school? What was that like? Post high school, um,
1: yeah. I went um, to university. I did a four year degree. I have a bachelor's in psychology um, and then I, I started working in business intelligence and, um, kept up with my education. So I got a certificate in database administration, um, super boring data, computer, <laughs> <laughs> computer, uh, stuff, um, kept on that. That was when I had switched over to hockey fully. So I was playing a lot of co-ed hockey and enjoying that, mm-hmm. um, Traveling, traveling a lot. I went all over Southeast Asia and all over South America and you know, lived in Costa Rica for a few years. Um, that was my, yeah, that was my post high school life.
2: Me, uh, I took the first year off after high school. I got diagnosed with celiac disease. So wanted to take that time to heal. Uh, and then I went on and I got a, a bachelor uh, in science and nutrition and biology and then after that i went on and i did another bachelor degree in accounting and then i just continued on in accounting doing that in the, the corporate world and
0: helping you on the side all right so Britt, when you were were you playing hockey when you were at university then like for the for
1: not the for university? the university
0: okay I
1: was new to hockey at that time. So not nearly good enough (laughs) to play with the the university girls.
0: All right. All right. And I wish. (laughs) And and Shannon, I have to ask, like, why the uh, change from science to accounting? Like, that just seems like an interesting change.
2: It is. It's a complete 180. Um, I was working at the hospital at the time. And I was working in nutrition uh, and food service. And there was one aspect about that job that I really liked. And it was working with spreadsheets and, you know, kind of the business part of things. And I really grew to like that. And I was like, I think I have to go back for my calling. So I ended up doing another bachelor degree, another four years. (laughs) (laughs) But it was worth it because it got me to where I am now. And uh, I'm enjoying it so far.
0: Okay, cool. Very cool. Um, Where does the kind of making start happening and the woodworking start happening?
1: Um, For me, I can almost pinpoint it to grade six. So that's about 11, 12 years old. Um, I took a woodworking course in school. And I remember, like, running through the hallways down to that classroom so that I could maximize, like, every second there. (laughs) Um, I built a cutting board in that class and um, I still use that cutting board today. It's got Brit stamped on the side, Brit 2002. Um, And then ever since that class, like for the rest of high school, I took every single making elective that I could, whether that be metalwork or woodwork or battle bots or anything I could get my hands on, um, I did. I don't know why I didn't end up going into the trades. Like I should have recognized like this was a passion, but um, I kind of went the route of academia and went to, to college. So now it's a side hustle, which
0: I enjoy all the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how about you, Shannon? When did um, making become part of your world?
2: Well, definitely. Uh, I think it definitely became big when I met you. But when I was three years old, I did, did tell my mom that I wanted to be a carpenter, which was quite funny. <laughs> But uh, working with you, I feel like I've become more of a breaker and you're more of a maker. So <laughs> you saw a couple, couple of our videos I'm blowing up light bulbs and breaking scroll saw blades. <laughs> so we, we are learning. We're
0: learning. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's all about, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> There's never a failed project. It's just about what did you learn from that project? Exactly. Definitely. Yeah. So since you are a couple and I have you both on, I do, I have to ask, how did you meet? Um, we, it is like a, <laughs>
1: a super complicated, like lesbian love triangle. <laughs> um, but to put it simply, we met through a mutual friend at hockey. Okay. While she was living on the East Coast and I was living on the West Coast. But then she moved out to the West Coast and we realized we had a lot of things in common. You know, started playing hockey together and things like that. And yeah. Yeah, The the more we found
2: out about each other, uh, the closer we got. So yeah.
1: The very first time I met Shannon, I actually picked her up from the airport for the mutual friend. The mutual friend (laughs) asked if I could pick up her friend that was coming in to visit and I said, I guess I can do that. So I went out to the airport with my dog and picked up Shannon and we got to chatting in the
0: car. And, and yeah. He's very kind. <laughs> Picking up a stranger. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. And you have been married for a year now, right? Yep. Yep. June and 20, and June 22nd was a year. Awesome. And, you know, for those who listen slash watch this podcast, if they aren't following you, they don't realize, like, how much of a DIY wedding that you guys had oh, yeah. <laughs> together. <laughs> <We did. laughs> uh, like, lots of, lots of log slices. I remember seeing lots and lots of log slices. Yeah,
1: yeah. So we did all of those, like, little wood cookies that all of our guests signed. Um, so that we had like a wall of them up on magnets, like just this huge grid of slices. So they all signed and left little notes for us, which was really nice. But we made the arch. We made um, like the little thing that carries the rings. We made that out of a piece of walnut. We made cake stand. the cake stand for the cupcakes, the little tiers. Yeah. We made what else was handle Candle there?
2: holders.
1: Candle holders, all the table decor. Um, my mom, who I, you know, she was a DIY mother for sure, and a maker by nature. Um, she did all it, like, I just threw it on her. I was like, I don't want to pay the ridiculous prices for flowers. Can you whip something up? And she's like, Amazing. never done it before, but sure. And she put together, like, beautiful <laughs> yeah. bouquets and floral arrangements.
2: Um, so that, and yeah. Britt's sister pretty much planned it in three months. So we kind of sprung it on them and went right to work, so. Yep.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. What do you, I mean, how does it feel to have, like, that big of a part in, like, every aspect of the wedding?
1: It felt really good. It did. Like, um, it was just exactly how we wanted it, but it was also, like, super simple. Both of us agreed, like, those weddings at, like, golf courses or in, like, convention centers where you have those weird chair covers (laughs) and like we we did not want that we were like our venue was actually um like a a co-op artist studio so there was like 40 different artist studios that and then like a main center room but there was all windows in the that main room to all of the different artist studios so I really thought that was kind of on brand for us fitting yeah and uh we just we had a food truck show up serving tacos that was our that was our main course and we'll still
2: talk about the tacos yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. and no that
1: felt really good and then it was just really cool to have like we had a professional photographer so he got all of these great shots of all of like cool things that we made for it so that was extra special and yeah
0: yeah awesome um yeah I wish I would have like realized my full on potential before I got married, because then I probably would have done some of that as well. But mm-hmm. ours was pretty low key. Ours was technically just the two of us on a beach. So that was uh, as that low key as you too. can get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so where does, you know, where in your story does kind of Brit build start to come along and become this side hustle that you're getting into?
2: Um, I mean, when I first met you, we would spend, you know, our Friday nights in the garage. She would be tinkering around and
1: I was working on my truck when I first met her, which was like this old truck that did not work. (laughs) Um, And I was spending all my nights in the workshop and I was in the workshop thinking like, I am never going to meet a girl if I'm just in the workshop every (laughs) night. Um, You know, I need to get out there and meet somebody. So I'm very grateful that I I met Shannon and she was happy spending time in the shop with me. Um, I think even during that time, I was following a lot of people on Instagram, but kind of like anonymously, I didn't have an account, but I was following, you know, Man of All Trades and April Wilkerson and those guys and just kind of like wishing like that I was more like them. So then I, I remember it was actually right at New Year's. So it's kind of like a new year's resolution. Like I was January 1st that I started Brit Bills because I was like, you know, if I want to be more like them, take steps to be more like them. Let's get an online presence. Um, let's start sharing what we do. I already had like a whole, like five years of backlog of projects because I always take before and afters of my projects and things like that. So um, yeah, it kind of was a new year's resolution to start sharing what I was doing and Um, I'm so grateful that I did because you know being anonymous in the community is not nearly as fun as being uh, more upfront in the community just all of the help that's available all of the advice Mm -hmm. and the tips and just the the love that you feel when you're more involved Mm -hmm. in the community I'm so grateful for so I mean I kind of wish that on the onset when I made brick builds that I had you know Brit Builds is me and Shannon but it has my name so it kind of leans towards me. I kind of wish I had created a name that kind of involved us both because it behind the scenes it is very much the both of us. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah I totally it totally resonates with me what you're saying about the community though. Um, like when I first put stuff out on especially Instagram like just because I had I honestly started on my Instagram just as my business account, like, and I still don't have like a personal account or anything like that on there. And I remember thinking and starting it just because I'm like, Oh, this is like something you do when you're a small business, you should do this thing. And I really had no intention or really understanding that you could meet and like actually become friends with a community of people Mm -hmm. who are doing the same things you are doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so at first it was like all, you know, putting out stuff and not understanding like just that it is about growing relationships. And it's a nice tool for really oh, tapping into that community. It's such a powerful tool. Yeah. It's a
1: great tool. Like the other day, um, my the lighting in my garage went out. Like the light fixture, I don't know, there's two LED bulbs. They both went out at the same time. My garage was dark. So I was thinking... I know it's not the bulbs because they both went out at the same time. I think it's the, must be the light fixture. So I got to replace this whole thing. I don't know how expensive that's going to be. I put it out on my Instagram. I was like, hey, what's going on? How do I test like what the problem is? Um, and um, a guy at make, make Tinker Share, he went into my DMs and he was like, let's, let's walk through this. So he walked me through the whole thing process of testing the ballast, testing the power source, testing the switch. And we actually found out it was the switch. I replaced the switch. I've got light in my garage again. And that was all like thanks to the community that I didn't have to buy like this expensive fixture. I just needed like a couple dollars to replace the switch and we're, we we've got light again. It was just like those little things that's just so helpful. And so just to important. be able to like reach out to like you know thousands of, like, intelligent people to give you help on all these different topics is just, like, awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Now, being, I mean, I feel like there's a really strong, like, in-person maker community in Canada. Um, are you guys tapped into that at all? Uh, no, a little bit on the West Coast here. I know
1: there's a lot of people locally, um, Lately, I mean, with with the pandemic yeah. and such, it's it's online. But um, we haven't got too involved in the in person uh, meetings, but a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. There's Birdman. Uh, yeah, Birdman the welder, we we, yeah. we uh, meet up with, and the manufacturing, yeah, we meet up with. Yeah, as I think about it, there's probably about five people that I know now in real mm-hmm. life through the Instagram maker community.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have, have you gone to any of the conferences? Any of the haven't. conferences? Yeah. i so want to. And a goal. I look <laughs> on in
1: envy at work one, WorkbenchCon. Like, oh, like I would love to go to WorkbenchCon. That just seems so awesome. Um, I'm always so jealous when I'm watching the stories, but it is, it is a goal. And I mean, if it is on in February, which I doubt, um, I will be there. But maybe maybe February twenty
0: twenty two. They uh they recently announced I th- I believe they're looking at pushing it back to May with hopes that it could be nice. oh, in person. Fingers crossed. Yeah. They they have a sister conference called uh Haven Conference, which is mm-hmm. um a lot of bloggers kind of uh go to that conference. And they had made it virtual, the uh, you know, kind of I think it was late summers when they have that uh and so there was some talk about oh maybe workbenchcon will become virtual and they just decided no there's really just no substitute for Mm. you know that in person Person networking yeah Yeah. Yeah. um which i'm i was happy to hear like i'd rather they just push it off until it's like safe you know safer anyways for us to get together i agree um yeah, I I was lucky enough to be at the one this year in February, and now it feels like ten years ago between <laughs> February and October. It feels yeah. like the world has completely changed. Yeah. Um, yeah place. <laughs> so you mentioned kind of a few like you know, kind of big big people in the maker space like All Trades in April. Um, have you had any chance even just through Instagram and stuff to network with them or pick their brains about anything? Um,
1: not a whole lot directly. Although when I do get a message back from those guys, like I completely fangirl. And just <laughs> <like>. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Um, Laura Camp is another big mm-hmm. one.
2: Um,
1: I got some of her stickers in the mail with her signature and stuff. And that was like another like fangirl put it on the fridge. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it's more the the smaller, the smaller makers that I, I, I network with and communicate back and forth. I mean, I mm-hmm. understand those big guys get so many messages every day. Yeah. Um, they can't keep up. Yeah.
0: But, yeah. I, I will admit I had, I had Laura on a couple weeks ago for the wonder women series and um when I did her interview, it was a little bit like, I can even tell like rewatching it, like the first like five minutes, like, yeah, that's me being a total dork and like (laughs) trying to shut my head up, going, you're talking to Laura Kemp. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: I listen. we both listened to that episode actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It was excellent uh, getting to kind of get real with her, at least towards the end of the podcast. So, Hey makers. Today's episode is brought to you by Tool Mom and Company, or some of you know her as Tool Mom Bonnie. Uh, She has all kinds of tool-related merchandise of gifts and clothing for all ages and genders available at toolmomstore.com. I have two of the coffee mugs. One says Go Girl, and it has a circular saw with flames coming off the back, which is super sweet. And then the other one is the definition of a tool chick, which just makes you feel kind of badass when you're drinking out of it. So if you are in the market, especially as we're getting close to Christmas, for any tool-related merchandise, be that gifts or clothing, make sure you head on over to toolmomstore.com. And extra bonus, you can receive 20% off at checkout if you use the coupon code MAKERMOM. All right, let's jump back into the episode. Mm all right, well, what is kind of on, I mean, you, you're doing it as a side hustle right now, but is there a hope that you can do it full-time at some point in time?
1: I mean, that is like a dream <laughs> to do that full-time, um, but there is hesitation. Like at the moment, um, I can kind of do it at my own pace. Um, there's no pressure
0: because it's not
1: my only income. Um, So when I go out into the workshop, it's by choice and I enjoy every second of it. The hesitation with when it becomes a full-time gig of, you know, I need to go into the workshop today. I need to produce this. I need to sell this. There is some worry that that will kind of take the fun out of it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there is like a dream that one day I would just be in the workshop making things and selling things and and not have to sign into my corporate job um but honestly, at the moment, how it is um especially with working from home um which gives me a bit more time in the workshop like i I enjoy every second of it, so um where we are at right now is is quite nice as well,
0: okay. Now, when you're making things in the shop, I mean, like, what kind of ratio are you working with? Are you making, like, mostly stuff for you? Are you making, you know, custom order stuff, you know, that people are reaching out and saying, hey, can you make this for me? Um, Or are you just, like, making your own designs and seeing if if they catch on?
2: Mix of both.
1: Yeah, a bit of a mix of both. In the last three months,
0: I've been gung ho with
1: the wood mosaics. I've been Mm -hmm. doing a lot of those. So I've had custom orders for those people wanting to fit like a specific color scheme, um, or I'm just making series um, of my own patterns. And um, most of those have just been sold to friends and family through word of mouth. Uh, Prior to three months ago, when I was going hard with the wood mosaics, um, it was kind of just uh, I would be making things for birthday gifts and the charcuterie boards and things like that. And then friends and family knew that, you know, I had the tools and I had the skills that they needed projects done. So I was doing mm-hmm. that kind of on an ad hoc basis. Um, you did the um, job for the laundry. Yeah, that, that okay. was our biggest project to okay. date where we did like um, pallet wall, like so mm. pallet board. Oh, yeah. Wall. I remember seeing you guys
0: do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: That was a big project downtown Vancouver. Um, all of the walls of this uh, kind of modern laundromat got covered with the pallet wall, and then we did like their reception desk and uh, all that. That was a big project.
2: Then you did a few smaller jobs for them as well. Yep, uh, you made a bed,
1: a princess bed. Yeah, they've been very, very good clients. Those guys, they, they keep have. on. How'd they? How'd they find you? They, um, someone on Instagram was like, hey, um, I know these people that want this palette well done. I don't have the time for it. Do you want this project? So I said, sure. So
0: that's how that came about. It was through Instagram. Awesome. A project like that, um, of that scope, how do you even begin to start figuring out what to price that at?
1: Um, so much research and trial and error in hindsight I'd probably um, underbid Um, but at the same time I have that freedom with it being a side hustle that Mm -hmm. you know we enjoyed doing the project and we enjoyed the result and we get so much satisfaction out of the result Mm -hmm. and so long as you know our materials were covered and some of our time was covered we were happy with it but in mm-hmm. hindsight, I probably could have charged a lot more for it. <laughs> so for next time, I, I know that I, I'm you know, make sure that uh, mm-hmm.
0: I get paid for it better. Yeah. Well, I mean, all of that stuff, just out of curiosity, like the, the person who reached out to you and said, Hey, you know, do you have time? Can you do this? Like, is that their full time job? Like doing work like that? Um, uh, Yeah, that was their full time gig.
1: Um, not necessarily full-time pallet wall, feature right, wall. Right. Um, they're full-time, like, carpenter.
0: Um, okay. Yeah. Um, have you guys seen, I know, at least here in the U.S. during the pandemic, things like DIY projects have, like, really kicked into gear because everybody's stuck at home. <laughs> um, so, you know, <laughs> they're, getting, they're doing DIY furniture or just, like, room remodels yep. and stuff like that. Is it the same there? Have you had any It trouble? definitely is the same, The like the
1: lumber shortage because yeah. everyone's redoing their decks and things like that. Um,
2: yeah, we definitely see it up here and it's great. The manufacturing was making the mask uh, clips to make them more comfortable to wear.
1: Mm-hmm. He was
2: pumping those.
0: Early, yeah, so. the 3D
1: printing farms that have been up here since the yeah. pandemic started have been really yeah. great.
0: Yeah, um, Yeah, we've been going into any, like, Lowe's or Home Depot when, you know, I used to be able to count on, like, oh, I just need to pick up some poplar for this project and doing it, like, the day I need to work with it. Yeah, you can't Mm -hmm. do that anymore because there's no guarantee Mm -hmm. that there will actually be anything on the shelf when you show up. Yeah, (laughs) I think we have a
1: little bit, um, a little less of a problem getting lumber, but I think the prices have gone up a little bit and the quality's mm-hmm. not quite as good. But it's if you look around, it's there.
0: What type of lumber do you like to work with predominantly? Um, with the mosaics, it's cedar because mm-hmm. um, it smells
1: good. And it comes in the dimensions that I want.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I would like to get to the point where I can um, kind of mill uh, resaw my own wood for the mosaics um, from pine or whatever. I'm not really a, a fine wo- woodworker by any means, so I'm not mm-hmm. working with a ton of hardwood and things like that. I am um, I am very lucky that my brother is an arborist, so he chops mm-hmm. down trees for a living. So he's been able to get me, like, black walnut sometimes, mm-hmm. and he got me all this laburnum wood, which is super pretty that we make the coasters with. Um, So my my nice wood comes from my brother uh, when he finds good scores. And then when I buy the wood myself, it's usually just cedar
0: or pine. So does your wood storage look like my wood storage then? If you've got all those logs laying around that it's like a room full of wood?
1: Just just stacks of logs drying, like hoarder status. It's kept into our closets. (laughs) Yeah yeah it's everywhere
0: yeah mine's crept in I finally got all of my racks up um at my shop and so my like all my slabs my hardwood slabs are up on those and then nice. the floor is like all lined with just like logs and like, <laughs> everywhere um and then the logs have crept into our home garage as well so yeah it's nice. <laughs> it's, things. it's hard to say
1: no you can't be
0: like you know no. that oh I, a nice oak
1: log? Like, yeah, I'll take it.
0: <laughs> I know uh, we had we had a big storm here at the start of August where I live. Um mm-hmm. basically a land hurricane called the Doratio and it took down so many trees, like uh like a city about 30 miles away lost 90% of their Whoa. tree canopy. Wow. Um and it's a pretty big, you know, city, at least for our our standards here um Mm -hmm. but yeah so I had so many people just being like do you need this 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 and this and um eventually I mean I I have had to say no but like my direct neighbor uh one of his trees fell on our fence actually and it's a black cherry tree and um so we like another neighbor and I were out there with chainsaws and so I've got enough like rounds for bowls and carved tables to last me a very long time (laughs) Um, and then I've got you know more people saying oh we've got a walnut or we've got a nice it's like exactly when you've got such lovely wood how do you say no and send it to like a chipper pile (laughs) you can't Yeah. Yeah, yeah especially walnut yeah I know. So I know from like just because of watching like some things you've been doing and you know back and forth on DM sometimes that you're kind of getting into a bit of carving
2: mm-hmm.
0: yourself. So like what started that interest and you know, um, what kind of tools and stuff are you working with?
1: Um the start of that interest would probably be the wood coming from my brother and trying to find a use mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then seeing people like yourself, and um, she's called the Shop Wood Designs.
0: Yeah, 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 Cecilia,
1: yep. Yep, seeing what she's doing, and just wanting to give it a shot, so for Christmas last year, my mom got me the Arbortech power carving disc, Mm -hmm. Um, so that was really cool, and started using that on some of the green wood I had, and then um, for my birthday in August Shannon mm-hmm. got me the one of the cuts all shaping discs so that's been really fun
2: mm-hmm.
1: um I haven't been showing a lot of what I've been doing with that on my on my feed since I've been trying to focus on the mosaics but I have actually this one right here I've been experimenting and digging uh, out yeah. like fruit bowls and mm-hmm. um things like that I love the texture that the Arbortech power shaping power carving disc gives
0: and -hmm. uh, that's you have the big one you have their big one like the turbo plane is that what the turbo plane yeah 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 Yeah. so I've had I've got like I think almost everything I've got Arbortech I've got Cutsall. I've got King Arthur and then I've got um, this well new to the U.S. but not a new company the Manpa tools that I've been doing a lot of work with which is the like extender thing you see that comes off of the angle grinder yeah yeah um and that to me is a lot like the Arbortech so those things are comparable to each other and I've found that I enjoyed those much better just because of not as much kickback because I don't know Mm. if you've had that issue with like the turbo plane Mm. you have to be very aware of the grain of the wood because if you catch it at the wrong, I mean, I've thrown a log in, you know, into myself before with,
1: with the turbo
0: plane. It Um, is,
1: it's scary for sure. Yeah. I'm always making sure that I'm wearing every single piece of that that I own (laughs) when I use it.
0: Yeah. So I'm curious because you had gotten, I think you got the works bench too with the clamps on it. Does it hold yes. up decent with the kickback of the Arbortech or because, I mean, they are plastic, so they're not. It's like, not ideal. Yeah. I know
1: there's there's probably some better options like the the works horse.
0: Yeah. The jaw horse. Yeah. The jaw horse. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It. It does the bare minimum to hold mm-hmm. a work piece. Yeah. Um and for now it's it's what I've got. Um I've got a better vice in my garage, but I can't be throwing wood chips like that <laughs> inside.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, the uh, chips really fly off of off They of sure those. Do. Um but yeah, I would say like I I don't have a jaw horse either. Um Cecilia got one, I don't remember what brand she got. Uh I had a the chance to meet her in person and chat with her at WorkbenchCon this year. Um, so we were like geeking out over carving stuff together, but, um, <laughs> we were, she told me about a jaw horse that she got, I, I slipping on the brand, but she says it makes the world of difference just because uh. of how it can hold the piece. And I got to try out using one, uh, cuts all was at workbench con. Um, mm-hmm. and I spent some time carving in their booth and they had jaw horses set up too. And it was it was definitely much more secure and it mm-hmm. made you feel better Paper. of just like how secure yeah. the piece was held. Um, the problem I had though was their height. And I'm like, I mean, I'm 5'3". So I'd say that's probably, you know, average-ish, maybe on the smaller side of average-ish for women. Yeah. But it was it kind of just the height made it a little bit of a different angle for when you're holding that Mm. Um, angle yeah, they grinder. don't really consider that when they're designing these things. Mm-hmm. No. They're like they...
1: average male height.
0: Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Well, and then you get, uh, I don't know if you followed uh, Jackman at all, who does a lot yep. of carving with Arbortech, um, met him in person too. And let's just say you could really hurt your neck from looking up to him. I mean, he's oh, wow. outrageously tall. And so, yes, to your point, like stuff is made for, you know, people who are probably closer to his height than to ours. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but how have, how have you liked it so far? Getting into the power carving.
1: I enjoy it a lot. Um, it's challenging. Um, and, you know, I ruin a lot of nice pieces of wood and I carve a lot of wood until there's nothing left. Um, but just the process, like I'll put, um, you know, a podcast on and I'll put ear protection on and I'll just like chip away at some wood and, you know, learn some things in the process. I've really been enjoying it. Um, just like how quickly you can hog away materials mm-hmm. with it, like compared to if you were using like a chisel in your hand. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really cool. Cause you can come away at the end of an hour with a bowl.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and yeah, because I've got access to nice green wood. Um, um, yeah, I'm really enjoying
0: the product that I'm getting out of it. So I gotta ask you about the green wood because I have only ever carved, uh, seasoned wood you know, mm-hmm. I usually let my logs sit for at least two years before I even attempt to start carving on them. Um, because just with under, like turning is the only background I have when it comes to, to greenwood. And knowing mm-hmm. that when you carve the greenwood, like if you carve too much at a time, you know, and you you're letting it dry, like it can crack or it can warp or those type of things. Have you, so I'm just curious, like have you um, seen that si- similar type of wood movement when you're carving the green wood, like afterwards? Or are you getting I've had a pitch? little bit of
1: cracking. If I make it so that it's, you know, thin enough that it can dry equally on all sides, that I won't get the cracking. Mm-hmm. Um, but f- like carving the green wood is easier because it's softer. And because for me with this, it's more of about the process and the enjoyment of carving it. Mm-hmm. So carving something that's easier Um, there's an advantage there for me. Um, I can't really speak for people that are trying to make an end product because like I don't really care if my end product splits because for me, it's about the process. Mm -hmm. Um, The process is more enjoyable when it's green than I'm going to be using green wood. But um, I kind of have an advantage there.
0: Yeah. Um, It's probably something I'm definitely going to try out because like I said, I've got, I mean, I've got so much wood now because of the storm that some people Mm -hmm. have suggested like, well, why not at least give it a try? Like, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. carve a a bit and then uh, see if it warps and kind of come back to it again. Um, But then I look at that lovely black cherry and I'm like, but I don't want it to crack. (laughs) It's so pretty. (laughs) Um, Um, True. Yes. <laughs> so, um, Shannon, I mean, you say you're in the background breaking things, and Brit is fixing them, but <laughs> but I don't fully believe that. Um, what what things are you um, like? What things do you enjoy doing the most? Uh, I the really shop? enjoy painting. Okay. Uh, so
2: now that you've got gotten onto the mosaics, I really enjoy the painting. Um, I've done a little, you know, some projects on my own, you know, where I was painting Christmas bulbs and I just start to get into the scroll saw, you know, watching the House of Timber or Mm -hmm. Pam Sutherland um, or Mad the Maker. So that's been really enjoyable for me. Um, I help with your filming. Um, I'm starting to get into kind of the administration side. So as you start to sell pieces you know, I'm going to be doing the accounting. I'm going to be doing uh, perhaps the posting of the products and things like that. So, you're more of the creative mind, I guess. I'm more of the the helper and the breaker, but <laughs> yeah, the logical business side of yeah. things. Yeah.
0: Well, that's a benefit to have around that logical business side of things. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it
1: makes for a perfect team. Yes. It
0: does. <laughs> um, otherwise, you can end up with. You know, someone like myself who's like, I don't know. Give me 50 bucks for it. I don't know what to ask for. (laughs) (laughs) I only spent three weeks on it. No big deal. (laughs) Um, You know? (laughs) Um, Where do you hope you guys can start seeing, like, are there new things you're wanting to try out? Hi, Miss Jessie. Um, Probably hoping... I want to have
1: more of an online presence in, like I want to have my mosaics on like a Shopify website. Mm. I want to have my mosaics for sale on Etsy. Um, I want to have online sales, I guess. So like my next step isn't necessarily doing more in the workshop, but doing more on the, you know, selling what I've made in the workshop. And that's the hard part. I spend all day on the computer. I spend my spare time in the workshop. I don't want to spend my spare time again on the computer to, right. to make that next next step. Right.
0: Yeah. And it, it does become a full-time job. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's where you end up with being somebody like me who has neglected her website for entirely way too long just because I'd rather be making than updating exactly. my website. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Luckily, I have Shannon who's, <laughs> who's going to help me with that administration <laughs> side of things.
0: Shannon, do you do you take orders from other people to help uh, do all of that background stuff? Because you know, I might have to <laughs> your help. I might contract out somewhere for sure. <laughs> um. So I I want to I do want to spend some time asking about um, you know especially since you've been getting into some power carving, maybe it's not stuff you've been always sharing about, but like, has there been any, I don't know, feedback or obstacles you felt like getting into the space being a woman uh, when it's still fairly male dominated?
1: Not, not a whole lot, mostly because I'm just stubborn, and I don't listen. Um, you know, I, I think I can do it. So I will do it. We do like um, I don't know, we run into some issues when we're at like hardware stores, and people think I'm buying a gift for my husband. But it was like, no, like, I want to know about this. Could you teach me directly about this? This isn't a gift. This is for me. You know, when I go to stores to be, you know purchasing. Tool supply stuff. And it's yeah. like, you know, please give me your wisdom, not like for me to pass on to my husband. <laughs> husband, um, but I mean, it's. I don't know. I'm probably too stubborn to realize that it's actually happening because I'm like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I can do it. I don't care. <laughs>
2: I think the positive messages that you get from other people keep you going as well. Mm-hmm. You know that one. Um, I guess she's a maker. What was the message that you got um like uh, how you influenced her and how it's such a positive yeah um,
1: just hearing from other people that i'm an influence for them being like a woman in the makerspace um mm-hmm. that it gave them the courage to go on and do some yeah. power carving but then it's like i'm just a byproduct of the women already in the makerspace <laughs> that gave me the courage <laughs> to do that yeah. um So, I mean, it's really good that Instagram shows me that there's representation of women in this space, which Mm -hmm. gives me that, that courage to be stubborn and just do it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, now what about, I mean, you know, you guys have always been open and honest from the get go about being a couple. Has there been any negativity in the space about that?
1: Um, we've been pretty lucky mm-hmm. in that regard. There hasn't been a lot of out front negativity. Um, there's some things I notice when I look at the statistics. Like I made an anniversary post this year, um, you know, professing my love to Shannon on our <laughs> one year wedding anniversary, and I noticed that I had a bigger drop in followers um, than I would on any other normal day. Which is it's hurtful, but then it's also like good riddance. Like, what are you doing here if you don't, you know, enjoy my content? I don't, you know, but I mean, it's those things that we have to think about that, you know, other people don't necessarily have to think
2: about. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you ever want to have sponsors, you know, it's, it's something that you think about that other, perhaps mail makers wouldn't have to think about, you know, what kind of content you post or, Mm
0: -hmm. And how you present yourselves and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Is that, I mean, is that something you've looked at doing or have already gotten into doing like working with like sponsorship and stuff like that? Yep. Yeah, I mean, mostly
1: um, I don't necessarily reach out, but I've had people reach out to me and I've had some, you know, products sent to me and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, which is great. I did reach out to one company um, during pride month to be like, Hey, know we could represent you know the pride community in this certain space and it was like crickets in return so (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you kind of wonder it could just be crickets or you always you know being a member of the LGBT community you always wonder was it because I'm gay or was it just because they're not interested it's just an extra like level of thought you have to
0: have right Um, I mean and I I mean to to be fair I think being that I have uh, especially female friends in several different minority groups I think that that's always the question right and it's it's mm-hmm. like am I being ignored because I'm gay am I being ignored because I'm black am I being ignored because of this mm-hmm. or am I flat out just being ignored because I'm a woman like there's mm-hmm. like um yeah. you know it's so like many <laughs> so many levels of it um <laughs> And and then, unfortunately, I think because of how most of us women have been raised, then we sit there and start going, well, but that's not really fair, right? Am mm-hmm. I really, am, I'm questioning if it's happening because of this, but maybe it's just whatever, right? It's not because yeah. of this. Um, and giving that person a way out without ever having, mind you, this conversation directly with them. <laughs> this conversation is always in, the be- in your own head. Um, yeah. But I think, um, you know, that's why I've been doing some pushing and trying to push uh, in this podcast specifically to those, uh, especially mailmakers in our community who we've become friends with to, um, you know, what does it, what harm is there to you of when you get a sponsorship deal, you ask what female mm-hmm. makers are you working with on this or have mm-hmm. you started working with female makers or are you working with any um you know black makers or other makers of color like
2: mm-hmm. there's nothing
0: that it does you no harm to start asking mm-hmm. those questions um mm-hmm. to help open up the space for us because um, yeah. it would be nice to start seeing some more representation when it comes to brand stuff. Specifically. Absolutely. So, Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. A big opportunity there. Yeah. Um, are there any, we're getting close to the end of the time, but I do want to make sure I ask. So I know, you know, you've listed some of the stuff, tools you've been working with, but what's on that uh, list of like, man, I just really want to have
1: this. <laughs> <laughs> There's each month I make like a kind of a to do list, and it has like a you know things I need for the workshop, things I want for the workshop, mm-hmm. things I need for the house, things I want for the shop like all of these different things. And for the last probably two and a half years, on my workshop, want it's I want a laser engraver and I want a CNC, like it's always mm-hmm. been on the list. And I've actually, I've ever since then. Um, any like birthday money or extra money that comes my way has gone into my laser and CNC fund. And I'm there. I, I have the money put aside to purchase it, but right now it's the space that's holding mm. me back. But yeah, that is like the laser and the CNC
0: is I would just love to get.
1: Mm-hmm. So as
0: right now your shop space is like garage space, right? That's yeah. Your shop space. yeah. It's a
1: one car garage that, um, is like our entranceway to our house. It's where we keep all of our hockey gear and our bikes. And then I get the other side of it for my workshop. She gets
0: the bigger side.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm surprised you actually have any room in there for bikes and uh, hockey gear. Actually,
1: <laughs> not
2: not by choice. You're being creative <laughs> with this space. Yeah.
1: I keep building like up, <laughs> yeah. higher and higher. <laughs>
0: So perhaps maybe at the top of the list actually is like more shop space. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely. Um, awesome. Well, ladies, we are actually at the end of our time chatting together, um, but I want to give you the opportunity to let everyone know, like, how can they follow along with you, find more of you on all of the interwebs. Um, you can find us at Brit.Builds on Instagram.
1: We're on Facebook. We're at BritBuilds.com. Um, we are most active on Instagram, um, especially in our stories. You can see more of our day-to-day. Keep up with our shenanigans there. <laughs> um, yeah, Brit.Builds, anywhere, basically.
0: Awesome. Is there a YouTube channel coming in at all in the future? Uh,
1: that is not the goal, no more wanting to go into the the product side of things. Um, Mm. I think too much focusing on the video would kind of take away from my enjoyment in the shop if I have to stop and you know film things so it does take longer. not actually
0: the goal (laughs) for me. (laughs) All right, all right. (laughs) Just curious, just curious. Um, (laughs) All right, well thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Of course, thank you. Thank you for having us. All right, so again, that was Britt and Shannon of Britt Builds. Um, I will include the links on how you can follow along with them in the show notes on any of the apps you are listening to this episode on, as well as if you happen to be watching this on YouTube, you can find the links on how you can follow along with them down below. All right, if you're really enjoying this podcast and you want to show your support for it, there's a few things you can do. The first is super easy, and it doesn't cost you anything, and that is just to make sure that whatever you are listening to or watching this podcast on, that you hit that subscribe button, leave a comment if that is possible, head on over to iTunes, leave a five-star review, all of that helps the algorithms of all the different apps, let people know that you enjoy this podcast, it's a good podcast, and it helps others find it. Um, also you can just share in your Instagram stories or in your feed that you are enjoying the podcast. What's your favorite episode? Let people know all about it. All right. That's super easy. And again, doesn't cost you anything and helps the podcast out for sure. Now, if you want to up your game, if you say, you know, Katie, I think I've done all that and I just, I'm really loving this podcast. I'm really loving the guests that you have had on and I want to show more support, head on over to patreon.com forward slash podcast and look at how you can join the tribe over there. There is a one, three, and five dollar tier level that comes with different merch. All of it gives you full access to bonus uh, content. So, for instance, um, this episode that's on today with Uh, Britt and Shannon of Britt Builds was actually recorded as a live uh, podcast interview that all the patrons over on Patreon had access to so they got to listen and participate in that live they didn't have to wait for it to uh, be released uh, on the regular normal schedule so that is a perk Um, and then there is also a new $30 a month tier level that makes you an official sponsor of the podcast. Get your own little ad spot uh, somewhere within the episode. Those are very limited spots. So if this is something that you think you might be interested in, better check that out sooner rather than later. And then, lastly, if you just want to buy some merch, I have stickers, I've got t shirts. Currently, the website is down, though, so make sure if you are interested in that, just hit me up with a DM over on Instagram, that's just at MakerMomPodcast, shoot me a message, say you want a t-shirt, and I will get you hooked up, or you want a sticker, I'll get you hooked up, all right? So, it is hump day. Thank goodness, right? I hope that you all have a fabulous rest of your week, hope you are getting to make something, uh, be creative, get those uh, creative juices flowing, and I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. Until next week, I will see you later. Woman, now the world is ready for you.